What do you want a daughter? What do you want a daughter? I have no idea what a daughter. We could switch to progress it all. Oh yeah. We could switch to progress on za. Okay. We could za and have to buy some za. Oh yeah. Let's switch to progress it all and get some za with the money we saw. Yeah. Now we know we're gonna da da da. These days, nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to Progressive. It might just be the most normal thing you da da da. Quote da da at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. HD Smartcast. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, this is part two of my conversation with Rujuta Devekar, author of Eating in the Age of Dieting, who exhorts us to eat local, seasonal, and traditional. So now, you know, when you mentioned about uh, uh, cravings for sweets, I was pleasantly surprised by what you said about mitai and Diwali, you know, uh, and how <laughs> mitai. <is> not, um, <laughs> it made me feel very happy. But if you could elaborate on that and how mitais are not bad, you know. Yeah. Oh, mitais are not bad at all. Uh, mitais are wonderful. Mithais, I mean, see, I often feel this, you know, Manchul, I mean, people go to Paris to become pastry chefs and come back and, you know, use food colors and packaging and have like this whole Instagram business and stuff. On the other Mm -hmm. hand, you will find, uh, you know, simple acts of making shira or uh, laddus or barfis or halwas. They are disappearing Mm -hmm. from our homes we are no longer patronizing small businesses which would make this in every festival season small sweet mm. shops are kind of closing down a cupcake shop is mm. coming in its place so uh, i feel what happens when we remove ourselves from traditional food habits is not just uh, not just as our health suffer but also our local economies suffer our uh, ecology suffers so whether you choose to send a chocolate brownie during Diwali or a kaju katli during Diwali has long-term impacts on the local economy and the global ecology at large. And we should not lose sight of that. Uh, Mithais were a traditional and a delicious method of bringing together of millets, dry fruits, ghee, spices mm-hmm. of really families and neighbors and you know communities coming together mm-hmm. rolling laddus together or maybe simply uh, roasting the basin together sourcing things like uh, gond or raisin together tasting together uh, you know approving of the taste together chatting together this whole bond is being lost tomorrow Mm. if there is no human to human interaction if there is no one to share our pain our stories our gossip if there is no one to laugh with if there is no one to eat with but i'm extremely skinny then i'm still going to be extremely (laughs) sad so there (laughs) so so we need people to share our gossip, joys and pain with, our stories with. We should be rolling laddus together. We should be cutting out those burfis together. We should be uh, sharing that halwa together. We need to have those people in our life who can force one more piece down our throats, you know, and to mm-hmm. go back home 
knowing that if it came from her or if my it's my grandfather who gave it to me i can digest it it will leave behind a memory of a lifetime you know so i feel like mm-hmm. we are losing touch with these precious joys our of life just to become a smaller size when we when in fact all that we should be doing is enlarging our life you know because it's a short life mm-hmm. so we should enjoy every meal that we have access to while we are still alive hmm and another thing i was like quite pleasantly surprised about was how you you are saying that you know this obsession with size uh, being slim and uh, actually being you mentioned somewhere uh, the size of a prepubescent girl you know yeah, uh, yeah. is is so damaging and 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 that we should be looking for health it's a common a common sensical thing you know but very few people are now thinking like that i mean we're constantly trying to look younger slimmer and like you said yeah. it means looking like a very like a child basically you know like a so child yeah that. like a child Well, first of all, Manjula, I must compliment you. You've done like thorough homework. Yeah, I'm really having a great time talking to you. You're a great listener. You've read the book. I thank you very much for that. Uh, yeah, I feel that uh, you know, women obsessing with their size, wanting to be much, much thinner than what they currently are, is a byproduct of patriarchy. uh it is about being prepubescent when you didn't really feel like a girl or a woman and therefore probably felt more equal or more loved or more accepted or whatever else that it is we cannot have a rejection of our own body and our own hormones at every decade of our life we look in a certain way it's important to accept that you know at at 20 you're not going to look like a 10 year old at 30 you're not going to look like a 20 year old at 40 you're not going to look like your 25 year old and today we are almost like all of us want to look like we are 16 and we forget the fact that when we were 16 we weren't really loving the way we were looking either you know even at that time we just found so many faults with ourselves so why at 40 or 30 or 60 do we want to look like uh, our 16 year old selves most times if you've led a good life with which you will begin to gain some confidence you'll actually begin to have an idea of who you are and what you want to be and that will also come with a certain kind of physical appearance so as long as you are feeling light on your feet as long as you have the energy and strength and power to fuel your ambition as long as you can navigate through various emotions of your life beautifully and you can you know sleep well you feel like exercising you have a smooth period that's that's all that one you don't get sugar cravings or you're not acidic bloated or constipated on a day to day basis that's all that one needs to to feel beautiful or to look good or to look beautiful and we should really not be obsessing about looking unlike ourselves because in this whole game of all of us wanting to be tall fair and skinny what we are really saying mm-hmm. is that we all want to be poor clones of each other and we are rejecting our individuality so uh, we must not do that we must feel um, we must feel empowered enough to look like ourselves we don't need to look like anyone else we don't even need to look like the way we used to look 10 years ago we should just be happy looking the way we look at this moment 
as and ensure that we are healthy and to be healthy we just need very simple things eat local seasonal traditional make time to exercise sleep on time life is really simple unless we allow the weight loss and food industry to complicate things for us as far as health goes different people feel you know at their optimum health at different sizes different shapes different weight and just yesterday someone told me i should also say at different color because you know we are also all trying to be fairer than what we currently are so yeah shape size and weight has no bearing on our health there is there are healthy people there is no such thing as a healthy size or a healthy weight or a healthy shape you know hmm hmm and a related matter i think is that you know when you talk about uh, the loss of diet diversity it's sort of like i mean it's the similar thing in or uh, di- everybody wants to look the same and everybody across Correct. the world is now eating the same you know yeah. so talk about that yeah. and how it impacts us you know i i feel manjula that uh, if 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 you blindfolded someone and left them at an airport they wouldn't be able to tell which country they have landed mm-hmm. it been because it's the same burger chain it's the yeah. same pizza joint it's the same coffee chain it's like uh, you know where is the regional representation so on the one hand you find mm-hmm. like this whole uh, you know on the one hand people struggling very hard to uphold their identity and to ensure that other people don't dilute their identity on the other hand what really makes mm. us the unique people that we are is the food that we eat you know is the soil that we live on so and it is in this soil only that the food comes from right so uh, when we yeah. compromise on diet diversity we compromise on the diverse societies of gut bacteria that live on our body and inside our body and when there is a compromise mm-hmm. on those diverse societies of the gut bacteria then there is a compromise on everything on your vitamin d assimilation on your skin on your hair on your mm-hmm. on your sense of calm on how well you sleep on your bloating on your obesity and i feel it also changes us as a society you know when we are more mm. accepting of the fact that our diets change with the seasons for example if we we are eating bajra in the winters we are eating jowar in the summers we are eating ragi or nachni uh you know in the rains or we are eating mm. the mango in the summer we are eating the sita phal in the rains or early winter if we let go of this whole diet diversity then even in the society at large i feel we let go of our of our diversities of of our strength to be together as different people you know mm. so because food if all that you seek is protein and reject carbohydrate or if you seek only one kind of fat and reject another kind of fat you begin mm. to do the same thing with your career choices with your relationships with everything and instead of living a living a good life or we we start living a very very narrow life where our comfort zones shrink where mm. where life is no longer a gift you know it is just something that you're getting by you're just going through the processes so that you knock off 2 kilos at the end of the week 
and i think there can be much more that there there is much more that one can achieve in one's week or one's month or one's year or life other than just losing weight because in my kind of a job sometimes i'll meet 50 year olds who have been dieting or losing weight since the time that they're 13 and even at 53 they're still trying to do the exact same thing just lose a few kilos um, it can be quite sad if we limit our life like that Hmm. Yeah, and it's kind of depressing if all your life uh, you're just so focused on looking like something else, I suppose. And you're not, it, it yeah. reveals that you're unhappy with yourself, right? In some fundamental way. You're right. Hmm. You're absolutely right about that. You're rejecting yourself, your your individuality, the way you look, your constant. If you, if you really like eating something and if you actually had that meal, you begin to feel guilty instead of feeling grateful for the fact that you actually loved what you just ate. So instead of enjoying a meal, we are you know, we are almost being trained to feel guilty about a meal. Instead of understanding mm-hmm. that exercise is something that we owe our body, we feel like it's a punishment that we deserve. Uh, we're just like yeah. messing up small joys and it need not be like this. I really feel that at the end of the day, a liberated woman is the one who who feels worthy of the food on her plate, who feels happy when she eats her meal and doesn't feel guilty, who sees exercise as a joy and not as a chore. Because liberating ourselves is not about just learning to uh, to talk about what's on our mind it's also about learning to accept what is on our plate and to make the most of it mm. if all that we want to do is shrink in size you know on the one hand as women we want to be heard we want to occupy important offices we you know we want we should actually be looking to be more visible and more audible but if we just focus so much on shrinking our size then we won't be seen also by people you know so we should feel happy <laughs> about the size that we have as long as we are doing good work with our with our life the whole point of being healthy is to have a better day-to-day experience you know is to really enjoy the food that we are eating is to be productive with our days to uh, exercise at a higher intensity today than what we could do tomorrow as a byproduct of all of that if one gets fit and lean that's fine but it cannot the starting point cannot be rejection of the way we are looking right now it has to be mm-hmm. uh, you know, it has to be acceptance of the way we are looking right now and not acceptance where we are like a defeated acceptance, but it has to be an acceptance which is one of joy and nurture. If I'm going to mm-hmm. lose two inches from my waist tomorrow, but it's going to make me less productive than what I am today, then it's not worth the trade off, you know. So, um, mm-hmm. as a consequence of getting healthier, if someone gets slimmer, that's fine, but that cannot be the end goal of your efforts mm. Mm. okay okay mm. i found this uh, forgotten superfoods chapter fantastic i mean like oh, thank uh, you. i i don't i've actually forgotten these superfoods so <laughs> <laughs> i hope yeah. somebody sets up a shop which only sells forgotten superfoods <laughs> that's a great <laughs> idea that's an idea great idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's nice. laughs> 
So I was saying about forgotten superfoods that we've forgotten them because people who are giving us food advice are disconnected from the kitchens and farms. Yeah. You know, that's the main reason why the superfoods get forgotten. Uh, the more we listen to advice from people who are connected to kitchens and who are connected to farms, mm. the more connected we will be with with our food, with our soil and with ourselves. Mm. Okay. Okay, and on that note, we'll end the, you know, uh, it's been really good talking to you, Rujuta. And I've, I feel like I've learned a lot from this book. Oh, <laughs> you know? no, thank you. Thank you so much, Manjula. <laughs> I don't know how much I'll actually, you know, uh, incorporate in my own life, but I'll try. And I'm sure a lot of readers will because it's very, it's nicely, uh, it's very well written and it's nicely um, explained. Everything is nicely explained, so... Thank you so much. means a lot. That means a lot. Thank you. One step at a time, Manjula. Just start doing one thing that you like from the book every day. And then that's how you can build it up and bring that change in your life on a day-to-day basis. Okay, great. So everybody go out and get uh, Rujuta Vivekar's Eating in the Age of Dieting, which is a collection of a writing, a decade of writings that disrupted dieting in India. Uh, it's it's really a good read and you can, it's got a lot of information about food that you can actually use you know so thank you so much Rujuta for coming on the thank show thank you very much thank you very much for having me on your show all the best and happy Diwali bye same to you bye thank you this was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast I'm Annie Apple and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.